Hey, what's that sound? Everyone knows that sound? That's right. That's the opening bell. Hey, the NFL draft is over and our fantasy season has just begun. Welcome to another episode of Eat Sleep Fantasy Dynasty Night. With me tonight, I got Steven, the engineer of Dynasty, and then we have John Chapman, the professor of Dynasty. I love these names, dude. <laughs> Tying our professions into it. I'll be your host. I don't know why they let me host, but I'll be your host, Austin, the Dynasty Noob. So, but before I let you guys talk, I got to give you guys a shout out. So, Eastly Fantasy has begun their draft. I went back through and looked at all your guys' content. I'm not going to lie. I think I got a pretty good team, but we'll talk about that uh, later than sooner. Steven, what's going on tonight? How you doing? I'm good, man. How how you doing? And you, dude, I'm telling you, you do have a solid team working for you right now. Because this draft has been an absolute blast, so you can see who's been paying attention and who hasn't been. Oh, yeah. I've definitely been paying attention, I can tell you that. All right, Professor, what's going on? How are we doing tonight? Oh, man. Uh, exceptional, still exhausted from the draft and everything that took place, uh, but just awesome. And and I kind of want to add an asterisk. I love the nickname Professor, but can I be like the drunken Professor? Because uh, like I, it, it's kind of what I do. I make my best dynasty decisions. I think when I'm holding a beer in my hand. Dude, Dynasty Decisions. We have to steal that. And you're not thinking about yeah, it, man. I like it. Dynasty Decisions. Well, I was looking at your guys' professions. I mean, you know, Steven is an engineer. You know, he he makes tool he makes sure tools work to help build factories and cars and stuff like that. So why not be an engineer of Dynasty? And then you, you know, you teach. I, I'm not sure what grade, but you're a professor. So, hey, the professor, you know, teach, teach is all right. But, man, professor, that is solid. That means you know your I shit. Like so. I liked it. John's the professor of staying in the lines while you go. <laughs> there you go. Something like that. <laughs> I mean, it's economics, so it's basically the same thing as coloring. There's not a big difference. Let's be honest. <laughs> there you go. So, hey, let's, uh, let's, right now, before we talk about John's, John's trip to the draft. So, you know, like I said, Easily Fantasy started our draft. Uh, the, you know, what are you guys' thoughts on a draft timer? Because, after going through this draft, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm kind of weighing in that I hate draft timers. So uh, I'll let John go first. What's what's your thoughts on draft timers? So number one, the thing that I I can't. So I'm c- kind of commissioning this whole eat sleep dynasty league that's going on, and it, it's rough show. whenever you have people all over the country, and we're trying our hardest to maintain fun without ruining or setting aside a giant chunk of time. And so we set a 24-hour draft timer. We got two guys that are in the process of getting married for some reason. Bad choices. Um, And (laughs) that's kind of where we're at. So we set a 24-hour timer, and people are taking advantage of that. And it's a kick in the shorts, man. It is a kick in the shorts. You know, it hasn't been too terrible, though. I mean, we've, we've been on this. We started, what, Monday? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we're, we're almost through 15 rounds. So it's not terrible, but... You know, 
I actually like what we're doing because we were even trading picks beforehand before we even started this whole thing. And, and, and you know, you, we've even seen moves during the draft. And, you know, I'm going to be in, a, in another Dynasty League with uh, some listeners. And uh, Clayton, one of our uh, writers, will be a part of that as well. And so we have a guy from Australia who's the commissioner. I'm going to co-commission with him. Uh, and then we have another gentleman from the Netherlands. We have people from Canada. We have people from the U.S. So, you know, we were talking about how we wanted to set this draft up, and we are trying to figure out a day for live drafts. And I'm like, guys, we should just really do what we're doing internally because we have people all over the world, right? And you don't have to utilize that, you know, 24-hour window, but it's there to do whatever you need to do, especially when we're in completely different time zones. Yeah. And and I'll say this, like even though we're using a twenty four hour timer, we got through about fifteen picks in about fifteen minutes one time. Um, there's mm-hmm. been other times where it's gone twenty four hours with three picks, uh, and that's Dale. Uh, thanks, Dale. Hope, <laughs> hope family's doing doing well. Hey, I think one of them's uh, John. That's on the pod right yeah, now. Yeah, no, I I, I got to take responsibility for this. Uh, I. Uh, yeah, I got in trouble. I was looking at my phone too much at family time, and it, it, I got in trouble. I got put in time now. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all go through it, man. So, John, hey, the NFL draft, you got to be there live. Give us a little breakdown, you know, of how how it went down and what were some of your favorite moments, and, you know, are you gonna ever going to go again? So, uh, one, like my kind of entry into this whole field, uh, draftnik was what is my thing. I used to coach football, uh, high school football in Texas and absolutely love watching film and breaking that down. So I've been a draftnik for a very long time. So I've gone to the draft before and absolutely love that experience. Just all the separate fans together. Uh, having said that the Cowboys did pretty well. Uh, they, they threw an excellent party. The turnout was amazing. Beer was everywhere, but uh, I used to live in Dallas, and so a lot of people came out, and it was a lot of drinking, so it was a lot less analysis <laughs> than I was expecting, and a lot more drinking and joking and just kind of enjoying the moment, but it was legit, and I must say, if you ever have the opportunity to make it out to the draft, I know it's rotating. I think the final two they're down for next year is Canton at the Hall of Fame and Lambeau Field. Oh, Lambeau would so, be cool. I already making plans to go out next year, just waiting for them to announce. So I will be there. It's just, it's a really cool experience. It really, really is. Yep. I'll be back on the East coast about that time. So that might be a, that might be a definitely. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. First four beers on me. Oh, that's it. Four. <laughs> hey, you'd be surprised. Don't worry. <laughs> so Steven, do you got any, uh, you got any thoughts on the draft? Any, anything you want to talk about for the draft? You know, actually I, this year, I thought there was a lot more teams that did really well than we've seen in years past. You know, there was a lot of good depth uh, all the way through in this draft. So, you know, teams, especially teams that were in rebuild mode, uh, did, made a lot of good moves, uh, had a lot of good picks to add to what they've already done in free agency. And the draft as a whole was just exciting. You know, there's a lot of players that you spend a lot of time watching in college and you, you know, do your research on it, all that stuff. And, you know, to see where some of them land, you get all fired up. They're like, oh, man, this guy just flew up my damn rankings, right? And then there's other places where guys land. They're like, oh, shit, he's going back down. So, I don't know. All in all, it's good. It's fun to watch. It was an emotional roller coaster, I take it? Pretty much. It was. I'll be honest with you. It was. Whenever there's certain guys on, on the board that fit a team need and you have rated very, very high, and then they pass on them, you get pretty pissed off. <laughs> 
And whenever you have all these awesome running backs and wide receivers in this draft and quarterbacks even, and they land in the worst possible fantasy uh, landing spots, you get really, really upset. Um, And so, yeah, you take it personal, even though it has nothing to do with you really, but you're just like, damn it. Why could he have not have gone to Team X? So on and so forth. But it's what it is, man. It's up and down. It's a lot of fun. Honestly, though, man, I have not. It's been a while since we've seen a draft that had depth through damn near every single position all the way through. There really wasn't too much of a weak spot as far as talent goes. No, pass rusher maybe. Um, but, yeah, still, Harold Landry went 41. Oh, my gosh. I, I love that kid. I had him number 15 overall. And the fact that he fell in the second round was just, that, that was bananas. Mm-hmm. All right, fellas, before we move on, I got to do a little bit of housekeeping. So, you guys, one of you guys got that drop memorized? I guess not. You guys don't have the Easley Fantasy housekeeping drop? I know it's one of your favorites, so. <laughs> I'm staying away from the drops. I butcher. I'm tone deaf. So, anytime I try to mimic a sound or whatever, it usually, it doesn't go well. I was waiting for one of you goes, housekeeping, I want to suck your dick. <laughs> That's what I was looking for. <laughs> But anyways, you want mental pillow? <laughs> hey, listeners, listen up. July 13th through 15th uh, this year, down, back down in Dallas, is the National Football uh, Fantasy Football Convention, or NFFC. Hey, if you use the promo code ESF, uh, they will uh, you will get a big discount on your tickets and stuff like that. And I know Dale is trying to set up a basically a convention area where everyone can get together and drink and hang out. They haven't locked down a position. So keep bugging Dale for that information. But just remember, use promo code ESF when I'm trying to get your tickets for NFC down in Dallas. And that is 13 through 15 of July. So make sure you call Dale day and night. Doesn't oh, matter. Yeah. Dale, lo- All day, Dale loves to be bugged. So, all right, fell- Hey, speak, go, let's go back to the draft real quick. So let's talk about some winners, uh, um, team winners come out of the draft. Uh, personally, my favorite, I thought did the best, in my opinion, you know, being a noob and everything. Um, and it's crazy. They're both out of, you know, Indy and Chicago, in my opinion, probably came out ahead of everyone else in this this year's draft. Um, Steven, what do you got? I mean, a couple, but probably my favorite team was Indianapolis. I mean, what they did, what they added to the offensive line, what they added to their backfield, uh, bringing in the receivers that they did. I mean, they, they did a lot of work, and, and they retooled well uh, with the expectation of Andrew Luck coming back. So, you know, that's a that's an offense that could actually be, like, sneaky good this year, better than you would expect uh, with Luck back in the lineup. And, you know, an, another one of the teams that, uh, that I really enjoyed what they did uh, was the Baltimore Ravens. I think they were very smart with their picks and what they were looking for in the future. Um, some guys that should be on the way out, you know, quarterback position. We all, you know, we've all talked about how much I like Joe Flacco, but um, they did really well uh, filling spots that they need. So those two teams right there, uh, as an overall, were my big winners. And but the one team that I love the, the moves that they made the most. Uh, were the Cardinals. I think they they did really well uh, trading up and getting Rosen at 10. I thought at that spot that was kind of a steal uh, for the quarterback talent that was that was in this draft. Uh, and they didn't even give up that much. No, to they get didn't. There. And that, that, that whole that whole scenario was was very big. I, I thought that was a 
big, big win for them. And then I think they're going to get a, a really special talent uh, with Christian Kirk added to that offense. Yeah. We, we, we talked earlier about bad landing spots for fantasy, but most of the teams you mentioned, like those are actually good spots. Uh, Arizona traded a first, third, and fifth to jump up into the first and get a stud quarterback in the top 10. That was unreal. And a lot of that had to do with actually the 49ers took um, the huge offensive tackle, Mike McGlinchey at nine, and that's who the Raiders wanted. And so whenever he went off the board right in front of them, they jumped back because uh, they wanted to get a tackle and they ended up getting Colton Miller, the huge tackle out of UCLA at that 15 spot that uh, they traded back with Arizona. But Lots of good spots. Back to Indianapolis real quick. Two guards in the top 37 of the draft. Quentin Nelson, one of the best guards ever. And Braden Smith is a guy. Uh, he's labeled a guard, but he's played all five spots for Auburn, including center. And you can tell they're just trying to basically protect Andrew Luck. They did it early in the career and almost lost him for good. Hopefully he comes back and just is the Andrew Luck we know and love. Uh, the talent on that guy is unreal. Neiman Hines, uh, that's another just kind of great spot. And the Denver Broncos, uh, which we haven't mentioned yet. Holy freaking cow. Uh, I joked with my friends, like, if you put, like, all the kind of draft nicks in a room, they would have ended up with the Broncos <laughs> draft. Bradley Chubb falls number five. They get the best pass rusher. Cortland Sutton, fantasy awesome player, but... He's going to be sitting for a year. He'll get some he'll be the third wide receiver there, but he's not going to be a fantasy asset this year. Royce Freeman's probably going to be the starting running back in the third round and just it doesn't stop there. Josie Jewell, one of my favorite inside linebackers, the best blocking tight end, Troy Fumagalli, like they got starters. Uh so great draft there. And of course the Giants, we got to give them a shout out. Uh not only do they go get Saquon Barkley, who I, I think you and Steve and I and Austin, we were all talking about, whichever running back goes to uh, the Giants, Giants buy them. And sure enough, we get the best running back to come out in a while, lands in the best possible spot uh, there and or Indianapolis and just killed it. Then they get the bet, one of the best guards in the draft at uh, pick 34, so... Just great job, man. It was it was fun. It was a lot of fun seeing teams get better. And the draft teaches you over and over again. These teams are good for a reason. They have a good front office. And it matters who you bring into the building. You don't just throw darts. You actually build a team. Is that why you're a professor? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll say this. So, all right. It pisses me off whenever people just or teams just pick random players because they're good. And this is the problem whenever a GM has a disconnect with his offense and defensive coordinators, and they don't fit this scheme. And so you draft all these players that are quote-unquote good or have amazing skill sets or whatever, but they don't fit your scheme or build-up or DNA. Like, it just doesn't fit. And so it, you waste talent whenever you do that, and you lose. <laughs> you lose a lot of freaking games. And so it, it's just... It's frustrating. It's just really frustrating. So, John, yeah. when these teams go out there and try and build their crew, you know, for football, for NFL football, so you don't believe in taking the best talent that's right there? You'd rather build what you need for your team with the best talent that's, a, you know, maybe a couple picks back? So, so I'm okay. Best talent's rough because 
if you look at all the big boards that the team set up, which the majority of teams follow kind of what Bill Parcells used to do, where you don't necessarily rank the players 1 through 20, which Twitter, Draft Twitter does, and that's fun and that's great and all. Instead, you put guys in tiers or groupings and you figure out who's going to fit our team. And if the question is not asked, how is this guy going to make our roster and how is this guy going to get onto the field? If you don't ask that question, then you're in trouble. And then you have to ask, are we setting up our players for success? So uh, let's let's look at the Bills, for example, okay? You trade up to number seven overall, and you, draw, you draft Josh Allen, which obviously not a Josh Allen fan whatsoever because I watch film. Uh, measurables, amazing. I get it. But who are the receivers that are played for this team? And they lost two starting offensive linemen. So do they drop draft offensive linemen or do they draft receivers? Absolutely not. They don't even touch the positions. So you mean to tell me you're bringing in the most raw quarterback to come out in the top 10 in a very long time and he has no offensive line and he has no receiving options and you expect that guy to be successful? Like, I, I understand best player available and they got great names. They got great names. Tremaine Edmonds at 16 is a great pick. That's great. Your quarterback sucks, man. What are you gonna do? Yeah, but that's why. But that's why they get. And, and if you really look back, if you look at the defensive talent that they've had on that team, that once the rookie contracts are up, they're out the door because they want to go somewhere where they're gonna win because they cannot put anything on the offensive side of the ball. They are the farm system of the NFL and have no, been pretty for a much. Um, you let people like Jason Peters, Ron Darby. Um, I mean, you you can go. Stephon I mean, the, the, the guys leave there. They just, mm-hmm. why why stay? I love it. I'm not going to lie. I'm not a Bills fan, but they're in the AFC, and we get to play them <laughs> twice every year, so, hey, I love it. So, There's a reason why New England has won, what, 13 straight <laughs> or nine straight division titles? Uh, the Jets. Think, 13, right? Buffalo, yeah. It, it, yeah, it might uh. be the fact that they're good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they are very, very good. good. I'm not trying to say they're not good, they're but... Good. When the other three teams are Miami, yeah. the freaking Buffalo Bills, <laughs> and, the and the Jets, holy freaking cow. Are you? Now, according to Brito and Armando, I mean, Miami's the greatest team out there. Brito will defend his Dolphins. He'll tell you that. What, what, what were they, like 500 over the last couple of years against New England? He's bringing up some silly stats like that to defend his team. No, he does defend his team. I'll give him that. But, man, you start talking to him about Chris Hogan and – uh uh, what's the, oh and uh, uh freaking running back they got uh Gore oh man you just watch them cry or, over that so. or Amendola oh Amendola there you yeah. go there you go there you go yeah <laughs> I couldn't remember which which Patriot we know, gave man. them for free you know another team though that really kind of that really kind of depressed me of this draft I was really surprised because of what they do and have done in the years past is Seattle I mean I thought the fact that taking Rashad Penny where they did. I thought that was a reach, considering who was still left on the board. Um, I know they traded back and they got some picks and so on and so forth, but I think they could have got a little bit, a little better value for their team at that spot while gaining those extra picks and still get a guy like Rashad Penny in like the second or third round. I, I thought that was a big reach for them, and I thought they missed out on a lot of other opportunities for a team that's clearly, especially on the defensive side, in rebuild mode, and they don't have an offensive line. So, yeah, that they that was just a big, big thumbs down for me on their draft. 100%, man. Yeah, so well said. I'm calling Seattle the new Cleveland. Well, so. 
And so back to back to Seattle, kind of what you're saying, like building a team that has a style. You're the worst offensive line in the entire NFL. It's not close. thirty or thirty two, and you draft the worst running back in pass protection that I've <laughs> ever graded. What do you have against Russell Wilson? And then on top of that, you lose your amazing pass catching tight end. So what do they draft? They draft a tight end. They get Will Disley, who's amazing. He's an amazing blocking tight end. He's not even a receiving type guy. So like you're not trying to necessarily fit your scheme. And so I don't know, maybe they'll play uh, Disley, their tight end from Washington as tackle. Uh, Maybe that'll work. They didn't draft a corner, even though they lost Sherman. Like, I don't know, man. I, I, whenever you look at their draft and you met, you measure that up with their uh, depth chart, you're, you scratch your head and you're like, okay, well, we're through with the draft. So what do we do at these three starting spots now? I don't know. I, I'm like that. I like, I like what you said. It's a rebuild year for them. You know, I'm, I'm here in Seattle and I know they will never admit to it, but that there's, I don't know. I'm, my fear is Russell Wilson gets hurt this year. That NFC West, uh, all teams except for Seattle's defenses are are crushing. Yeah, yeah so exactly. I would not be surprised. I wouldn't, and that's my biggest fear about the NFC West this season. You know, I know I'm getting off topic, but man, there's going to be a lot of injuries come out of that group, out of that out of that whole area alone. So, I was just going to say, I, I keep looking at uh, the, the change of tides there in the NFC West and AFC West because to me, right now, on both sides of the ball. The Rams have the NFC West, and if you look at the AFC West, it's very possible that San Diego Chargers own that. Oh, yes. San Diego had a great I'm putting draft. some money down on that one, man. I love the Chargers. They, oh, they they're going to be the most sneaky solid. good. Ugh, their defense had no holes, and what do they do? Let's add Derwin James. Made it better. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, just absolute yeah. beast. And then on top of that, the other uh, – Justin Reed, the other strong safety out of Stanford that they had a first-round grade on, uh, he falls to the third round. Hey, let's take him. We'll turn him into a linebacker. So they are just loading up. That defense, I really do think they will be a top two to three defense this year, uh, the Chargers. And their the offensive offense, side of what? the ball stays healthy. That's going to be amazing. Man, solid, solid team. They picked up um, their running back, Melvin Gordon's fifth-year option, and I, I just – there's going to be a lot of continuity if they stay healthy. Man, legit team. That's the key. And what's the Chargers' problem? They cannot stay healthy. It must be something out there. Hey, you know what, John? It must be something out there in L.A. There must be something in the water. <laughs> there must be something in the alcohol. There must be something out yeah. there. Maybe it's one of the Instagram girls. I don't Who knows? Know. I don't know. I've always said if Phillip Rivers can play an entire season with a healthy team, that guy will win a Super Bowl because dude, Rivers is a gamer. Always has been. He's solid as a rock. He he's just been, you know. He has got twelve well, kids. Hey, whatever, man. It, it makes him perform on the field, right? Obviously, he's staying happy in the yeah. bedroom with twelve kids. So <laughs> that's true. Hey, so I'm I'm looking at our our sheet, and John wrote down Cowboys and Patriots are bitches. When it comes to the draft. So, John, I'm going to turn it over to you and just listen in. How come? Now, Cowboys are bitches. I got it. But I'm curious why the Patriots are bitches so, as well. So, um, I, I was fortunate enough to make it down on the lower floor um, for the fan stuff uh, of the draft. And it was really, really cool the way they had it set up because the, the they put like a team captain or fan 
in charge of each team's kind of cheering section. And all 32 teams in the NFL, or I should say all 30 of the teams in the NFL, appointed a season ticket kind of fan to lead that group. And they even got to announce a pick in the seventh round uh, you know, on the stage, which was really, really cool, except for two teams. The Cowboys and the Patriots, they gave it to their corporate sponsors instead of fans and season ticket holders. And it just uh, okay. kind of indicative of who those organizations are. Uh, they are a profit-making machine, and that's cool. But I do want to say it was a classy move by all the other teams to uh, kind of reward and make it kind of a fan event. And I will say this. you know, I've been to a couple of the drafts, and <laughs> that thing was commercialized as can be at Jerry's World, which is who Jerry is, right? He, he's not going to change who he is. It was very easy to get a beer, and it was just nothing but marketing and money everywhere. But it was a great time. It was really, really cool. Yeah, but the Cowboys. When you think of you know you, th- you talk about marketing, and again we're going we're we're cruising off topic. But hey, you know I've done a lot of research on this stuff when it comes to marketing, and and the Cowboys I want to say have one of the highest paid, um, I don't know what you want to call it, uh, companies because the Cowboys are a company in the world. Right, I think they're like in a couple like seventeen billion, almost as much as the NFL makes is how much the Cowboys bring in. Outside of the well, NFL, and Jerry so. Jones knows that, and that's why he was taking a shot at Goodell. Yep. D- during the off season here. Oh yeah. Yep. All right. So we already talked about the losers. I mean, anything you want to touch on the Saints? I mean, I got it. They traded like two first round picks for this year and next year for one player. I mean, John, I know you want your itching, so go ahead. Man, so they get Marcus Davenport. They trade up in the first round. They get him at pick fourteen. They give up a first round this year and a first round next year. And I'll just be honest with you. Uh, I, Marcus Davenport was labeled my biggest bust before the draft. Played at the University of Texas, San Diego. The Fighting Roadrunners. Um, which uh, you could say what you want. Um, his motor is awful. His effort on film is terrible. His technique is terrible. But he has the perfect body. He has all the me- measurable makeups. And I think the the issue was the Saints feel like they are one player away from getting the Super Bowl, and I understand that. But I just think that they gave way, way, way too much. And we'll see. And they didn't get a quarterback. Whenever I saw the trade, I was like, holy cow, the Saints are getting uh, the quarterback of the future. They're going to get Lamar Jackson. And they did not. So I, I don't know. They way overpaid there, but we'll see what happens, man. Last year they had the – offensive and defensive rookie of the year so maybe they know something we don't i don't know i think dallas had that one year too and look at them now so just saying yeah all right hey let's uh let's move on into our league our league i don't know if you want to call it the league of record or the rec or the the league of eat sleep fantasy or whatnot but let's talk about our league and let's start off with um our thought processes on when it comes to trading picks before the draft even starts, um, I am going to start off saying the longer you wait to start the draft, the more trades that happen. So go ahead, Steven, the engineer of dynasty, what you got for when it comes to trading picks, what is your thought process when you go through this? Number one, don't be afraid to do it. Um, if you, if you really look at it, you have, you start out with a pick in every round. Okay, great. Everybody has, 10 picks inside the top 100. I ideally, even if I'm trading out of the first, I like to look at having 
you know, 10 picks in the top 75 if I can. You know, if you're giving up a first-round pick and you're getting, you know, a two, a four, and a six in return, and you're giving up, you know, some mid to late round picks in that exchange, fine, so be it. Because you could end up with two in the second, two in the fourth, two in the sixth. You may give up a five and a seven to do that. It just all depends. Everybody's, you know, eye is, uh, you know, sees value differently. So you want to try and move, and you really need to trust your ADP, and you really need to trust your rankings. Now, whether they're your own personal rankings or if it's somebody that you follow, uh, Either or, you have to trust it, and you always have to have a game plan because, and I've been experiencing it through this whole entire draft, is you always have guys that you're targeting later on that's going to come off a little bit earlier because, you know, maybe somebody has a big gap, but, you know, for a couple rounds where they don't even have a pick. So they have targets that they really, really want, and they'll reach for them uh, but so they don't miss out on them. So you always, always have to be ready to adjust your board but never be afraid to trade picks and always try to get as many as you can early on. But at the same time, if you look at a window, you know, we'll say if if you have a window of guys from, you know, 50 to 60 or 50 to 65, right. That you feel like you can get the same value there and say you have a couple picks, you know, trade one of them back to where you can get, you know, more value in later rounds. So never be afraid to move stuff around. Yeah. And I'll say this, and we'll talk a little bit about about our rosters, but man, Steve, you dominated (laughs) moving around and kind of being that guy that was able to, you know, get as many picks as you wanted in that top 100. And for me, I'm a little bit more, I focus a little bit more on players and tiers. So if I look at my overall rankings, I I find giant drop-offs, and then I try to get as many picks as I can in front of that drop-off. So For example, I have a massive drop after pick 19. And so I wanted to get concentrate my picks in that kind of 19, the 20 to 12 range. And I knew that a lot of people wanted to jump up in the first round and get those kind of big time players. And I was fine with that. So my strategy initially was get out of the first round, accumulate as many picks as I can. So that I can keep trading up, trading up into that top twenty, and you know, unfortunately for me, I was able to acquire four picks inside the top twenty without mortgaging much of my future, um, and and so that's what I would do. So I, I'm thinking two trades ahead. That's the idea, right? So okay, I'm going to drop down out of the first, give up the number seven pick, and get a second, fourth, fifth, for example. And once I do that. Well, now I'm going to package some of those fourths to jump back up into the second, uh, so on and so forth. So you find your tiers and you exploit where the value is and you find the drop-offs and you stay away from that range. So I had four second round picks, zero third round picks. And that worked out very, very well for me because I hate that kind of 20 to 30 range. Um, I just don't think there's much of a difference there than you're going to find once you get in that 30 to 40. So you do everything with the plan. You don't do a trade just to do a trade and you try your hardest not to fall in love with a player uh, <laughs> because once you do that, you overpay. It's it's just what it is. And you figure out the guys that are fans. Who who are your Cowboy fans? Well, hey man, do you want Zeke? How bad do you want him? And, and you, you try to exploit other people's emotions, which I know sounds terrible, but uh, it's, it's what fantasy is. You, you you never want to rip people off, but you want to get the best of the trade. Well, and, and to add to that, too, it's like if you really think about 
what I was just saying, what John was saying there, and something that him and I have done through this draft, and actually Austin, you've done really well at doing this too, is you have that value in those rounds, and when guys are coming off the board and it's coming up to your pick and you're not comfortable, you're really scratching your head and you're like, you know what? I want to move back because I know I can get similar value there, right? And then you can always pick up some extra picks that way too. So you definitely position yourself, see how the board plays out, and then you can always move back and gain value as well. You know, this is and kind of in the same regard, just trying to move up to gain value. So with this being my first dynasty uh, draft and this, you know, we're doing a startup draft, I went in thinking I need to think long-term and when I say long-term, next three years. And when I went into the trades, you know, because I, I traded out the first, just like y'all talked about. But I um, had an opportunity, and somehow, I cannot remember the trade, but I was able to get back into the first round at the end. But what I did was, you know how you guys talked about where you're scratching your head, and you're like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. I was, I don't know. I look at if if I wanted something, say, in the third, I'm trading two in the fifth for the third. Um, but And I found out that everyone kind of thinks that, ha- that has a similar concept. So I was able to turn one one draft pick into two later for value later on. And I think there was like two pit, two trades where I got three out of one round. And so I was able to pull six in the top 50 and 12 in the top 100. And in my opinion, I, you know, and then I'm not gonna lie. I went back and looked at both of your guys's stuff on Twitter. Um, I didn't look at Instagram. I should have probably, and then listen to, <laughs> listen to some of the past. I did the research, like, you, you know, like a good, a good fantasy football person. I went back and listened and, and did everything. And, and honestly, I, I feel like I got a top three team right now coming into this draft. So. Yeah. Yeah. You have a pretty solid team, Jim. Yeah, and that's we're still ongoing, and so kind of just to for the listeners, what's going on with our league. And once we finish the draft, we'll share the link so you can roast us or whatever else and call us idiots, which is always fun. One of my favorite parts of Twitter and everything is that. Um, but the idea is this. We, we got a 10-man dynasty league, but we have an insane lineup. Uh, if you do an 8 or a 10-man league, those usually suck because every team is stacked and it doesn't matter. It's just roll of the dice. But what we did is we have one quarterback. You have to start three running backs, three wide receivers, and then three flex spots on top of that. So it is an in-depth. I mean, like you have crazy depth on your starter uh, starting roster. So uh, it, it's pretty crazy, but it's been it's very unique. But we have been able to. It's been interesting because some teams are going super top heavy, which I would not recommend in this type of format. Uh, so if you're in a 14 or a 16 team league. You don't want to go top heavy. You want depth because you just got to make the playoffs usually and then go from there and churn your re- roster up to where uh, you get both depth and top heavy is always the goal. But So that's kind of where we're at right now. And, and again, this is a startup. This is not a rookie draft. We'll cover rookie draft in the upcoming weeks. But for right now, this is a dynasty startup. Always, always, always remember that you can get value players later on. I just want to give you one quick example where John, where you took Demarius Thomas. Now Thomas is a little bit older in age. His contract is almost done, but John picked him up at number seven. So towards the end of the eighth round, 
Oh, Austin, I'm sorry. I'll take Austin credit. I'll take credit for no, no. I did a that came around, like I said. No, I was just I'm looking at the board. I thought it was one of the trades that you guys made. So Austin got him towards the end of the eighth round. Now Demarius Thomas, that was a guy you were easily at one point in time selecting in like, you know, second to fourth round. So and if everybody remembers DT last year with basically no quarterback. Still had a reasonably solid year. He still put up low end wide receiver two numbers. Yeah. So you can always, always get value. So, hey, John, go ahead and start off and, and name off some of the players and kind of how you feel about your team right now. All right. So, again, the uh, thing to keep in mind is the format. So you have to start nine uh, running back, wide receivers, or tight ends. And so I traded back. I got a bunch of picks in that kind of 12 to 20 range uh went leonard fournette christian mccaffrey uh got two running backs that i felt pretty good about in young and then after that i paired that up with keenan allen and julio jones fell to pick 19 in our draft i i don't i don't know i'm not high on julio <laughs> not even a little bit but the idea that he went that high um I thought was a steal. I'm looking at DLF now. His his ADP is 16, but man, at 19, I just thought that was unreal. And again, in our format, which is huge, you have to understand the format. It's one quarterback and one tight end. So I'm punting those positions all the way to the end. I probably shouldn't have said that on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> I'm not touching them. And so I am going to get as much depth at the running back and wide receiver as I possibly can. And I got my kind of young superstars intact at each position. And after that, I'm I'm balancing. I'm going with high risk play, you know, a boom bust swing for the fences and like a third down running back to pair with it. So I'm drafting Jay Ajayi, which I don't know how I feel about him. And I'm pairing him up with uh, Chris Thompson, somebody that I can rely on if for some reason it does not work out. Um, I'm drafting somebody like, uh, this is probably a poor example just because it takes place later. Um, let's see here. My my wide receivers. I got Alshon Jeffrey, which I like him. He's a little bit older, but I'm pairing him up with somebody like Anthony Miller. And so I'm balancing my roster with, I'm swinging for the fences, but if that doesn't work out, I got this base hit right behind me. And because again, my goal usually is guarantee playoffs, which I'm going to make the playoffs. It's going to happen, and then uh, optimize upside so that I can win the championship. All right, Stephen, go ahead and uh, let's talk about your team. So I had the third overall pick, and I decided to trade out of that. I already knew that I was either going to be drafting uh, Todd Gurley or DeAndre Hopkins. But I sat back and I was looking at my rankings and I'm like, hmm, if I could pick up some extra picks and somehow get into the early second round, I can still get some solid people, which I did. So I was able to work my way around and thankfully and luckily I was able to sneak right in front of John with the number 11 and number 12 overall picks. And I took that. <laughs> Asshole. Hey, sorry. You know, Austin kind of <laughs> fucked me over too, you know. <laughs> because <laughs> Austin slipped right by me at number 10 and took Saquon Barkley, which I was really upset about that because I had Delvin Cook and Barkley in my sights. So, But I, I took uh, Cook and Kamara, which I was absolutely thrilled with. Um, and my whole team is built just young players with a ton of upside. 
uh, and I didn't have anything in the third round. My next pick wasn't even again until like the late fourth, which is, you know, I took Jarvis Landry there and I scoop back around and pick up, uh, I picked up Juju there. So, you know, moving on, I just kept looking for, you know, who was best available. And this is a PPR league. So I wanted to look at some wide receivers. I wanted young wide receivers with a lot of upside and then waiting for that right moment to get my, you know, running back three and four, which I was able to get. Uh, Tariq Cohen a little bit later on, Jamal Williams a little bit later on. You know, a lot of things with Jamal Williams are going to depend on how things play out in Green Bay. But I really like Cohen as my third running back in this format, being in uh, Matt Nagy's offense, because if you look at what players like Tyreek Hill and Kareem Hunt did uh, under his wing and what they produced last year, he likes playmakers and he'll get guys involved. So I was A-OK with him being my uh, running back three and then, you know, in later rounds, love Cooper Cup in a PPR. So I was able to get him. Got Zach Ertz as my tight end. So, you know, I, I'm not displeased with it. You know, there's there's some question marks, I think, that I have, maybe just because me being my own worst critic, but even having Jared Goff as my uh, quarterback for the long run. So I got a team that's young with a ton of upside, and, and that's what I was looking for. And this is a team that I can almost guarantee will make the playoffs. Yeah, my favorite pick of yours, and I'm not a tight end guy, and I'll say this. If you can get an elite tight end guy, which I think there's four, uh, Kelsey, Gronk, Evan Ingram, Zach Ertz, if you can get one of those, that's great. If not, wait till the very end. And you got, what'd you get Ertz at, like 54? Uh, It was in the sixth round. Yeah, you got him late. And, I mean, that's just, yeah, you got him 54. Uh, It's sad that I know that because I was mad. Um (laughs) <laughs> and so like his ADP is going in the forties, the early forties, like not only did you get value, but you got somebody that's a game changer. that's going to show up. So again, I hate tight ends. I hate quarterbacks, but if you can get one of the elite younger ones at that position, great. That's no problem there, but do not draft a middle of the tier type of guy. Because again, you got to realize we're starting one tight end and one quarterback, and there are 32 teams in the NFL. And so even if every team carries three, there's still guys out there. So we're in a 10-man league. That means 30 are gone. There's still going to be guys on the waivers out there. Um, so get an elite guy or wait. Well, my biggest thing about players like him, the Travis Kelsey, the Rob Gronkowskis, is you're sitting there in those middle rounds and you're not thrilled with the wide receiver talent there. Guess what? These guys are putting up wide receiver numbers. So why not take them as a receiving option? Right. Because otherwise you're going to pick some random wide receiver that may not produce as well as these guys, and then you're going to end up getting, you know, whoever in, in later rounds of tight end, and you're not going to be happy about it. So talking about my team now, I went in with the thought process that I need to, I need to, I call it grow my own. So I went in the processes. <laughs> I need young guys, uh, r- really young guys, and I'm, I'm an RB guy because analytics will tell you that running backs go out faster than wide receivers. I know this. So I know I went really top heavy on running backs that you got, and you guys know this. But what I did was I had the one, one, two, pretty much had the second pick in the first round. I knew it was going to be Elliott or Gurley, but I knew I could probably do better. But I didn't do as well as I hoped to in the trade and that first trade. Um, and ended up, I ended up with a 110, which put me ahead of John and Steven, which I was really happy with. And then I, bet I you were. 
and then I uh I didn't end up going until the third third one, which I was I was a little bummed that it went that long. I sh- I really wish I could have got more in a second, but you know doing the research, like I said, I I looked I went back and looked and listened and stuff like that. I picked up Barkley. I liked his landing spot. Um, you know they talk about lightning in a bottle. That was one. And then this year, you know, Joe Mixon, another guy that's supposed to have a big year. Um, a lot of analysts love him. So I was like, all right, you know, I'm a noob. I'm going to I'm gonna jump on Joe Mixon this year. And, you know, I got a lot of kudos for that one. Um, I did not take. I like Mixon yeah. pick. Um, and then I picked up Allen Robinson. I know he was injured. I have a big thing about injured individuals and then playing them that next year. There's. There's a lot of mental and emotional stuff that goes into it, and uh, that'll be another pod, you know, later on. But I got AR-15. I'm pretty happy with that. Um, grabbed Ingram um, just in case something happens to Kamara. But Ingram still had a great year last year. And in the fifth is when I got I was able to build a lot of depth. Um, I I grabbed Ingram and, and Jones, Ronald Jones, um, because I figured Tampa Bay doesn't have a starting running back yet. I know they got Barber. They got uh. Uh, Jaquiz Rogers. Um, they got one other kid in there. I can't think of his name right now. Sims, Sims. He's still yeah, there. yeah. They just they just picked up his option. So, uh, oh, okay. I didn't know if they did yet yeah. or not. So I knew I knew Jones has an opportunity to play this year. Um, and if he does, I mean, they grabbed him pretty early in the draft. So I was like, okay, he's going to be solid. And then for screwing around, you know, we're gonna we're gonna talk about you know what John said. You know, when you want to play with people's emotions. I ended up grabbing Garoppolo. I know it was a reach. It's a San Fran kid. I know I have two, I you for two kids in here, you know, that love San Fran. And, you know, hey, to me, they're trade bait later on. So I, that's why I grabbed Garoppolo there. I know I took a little heat forward. And, and, and you know what? I know, I'm, you know, but here's the guys that were out there that I could have grabbed. I could have grabbed Coleman, Sony Michelle, Penny, Collins. But I'm already strong at, at running back by then. So I really didn't need it. And, uh. You know, I yeah, I probably could have grabbed Ertz there and Gronk and stuff like that. But, you know, I was thinking long term, you know, if I Garoppolo is going to have a good year. I, like I said, I know he's going to struggle against NFC West. You know, I still believe that uh, the Rams probably have the best defense in that division. But you never know. So moving on, I was the one who grabbed. I traded. I traded. I want to say my sixth round pick for three in the eighth. Um, I want to say it was like a six two or six four and i was able to get three and eight and in those three and eight i made that's where i made my most money huh it was two six round picks no it was just one it was a single six round pick somebody wanted to move up i think it was my six oh matter of fact it was my six one because i already had two because i remember jj being upset that he was like oh look you traded out of one of your picks (laughs) and i'm like hey when you get three picks two two rounds later it was yeah. just too. That's just, in my opinion, that was money. And in that in that round, I grabbed Demarius Thomas, Crabtree, and Ronald Freeman. I think I said his name out. Yeah, Ronald or Ronald. Rice Freeman. Yeah. And the reason why, you know, Crabtree and Thomas, I know they're older. You know, if I want to, I can package them up for a trade later on. But Crabtree's a wide receiver one. Thomas is a wide receiver one. I really like the Denver's offense this season. So I figured, hey. Let me go ahead and make the make these and it you know and I'd looked at a lot of different ADPs. So what I did was I looked at my ADP, I looked about two or three other ADPs. I even went and looked at a couple just just regular redraft ADPs and see where these guys land and I felt pretty comfortable grabbing them there. 
And then I grabbed Freeman. Like I said, I wanted I wanted long-term depth. And then I wanted that lightning in the bottle. And we know Denver has Booker. Um, man, I hate I hate that Henderson. I don't know who. Book- Gerald Henderson. Yeah. yeah. So I think Freeman will be playing this year. And I, I do think he's the lightning. You know, hey, just go back. If you if you want to know about these players, just go back and listen to John and Steven. I mean, these guys broke everything down, and I took notes. And, so, and I'll say this. Your draft is funny. Uh, <laughs> I just did this while you were talking. My rookie draft rankings, as far as uh, rookie redraft dynasty rankings, you have the number one pick <laughs> in Saquon Barkley, the number two pick in Ronald Jones. He's my number two guy ahead of guys just because of the opportunity, and my number four guy in Royce Freeman. So if this was if we were doing the rookie draft of just 2018, you got the one, two, and four. And what I mean by that, it's not so much that I'm in love with those players, which Ronald Jones is legit. Royce Freeman, I'm a little bit lower on, but opportunity is key. It doesn't matter if you have the talent, if you don't have the opportunity to get the volume. Uh, the fantasy relevance just isn't there. Somebody like Cortland Sutton, who's my number one wide receiver in this draft, eh. After this year, yes, he will be. But if you need somebody to come in and contribute right away, you have to kind of lower those expectations for him. Somebody like Christian Kirk, holy cow, he will be a starter in Arizona day one. And I like Kirk. So that is a time when... Hey, John. Yeah. John, guess who got Kirk? I know you got Kirk. You got all the rookies, man. You you greedy. You greedy. Yeah. You're not so, thinking about other people. John, I'm not done. And and, Ro- and Rosen. Oh, and hey. I, I hate you for that too. I'm not don't done. Think you're gonna, don't think you're going <laughs> to play with fire and try and trade Garoppolo to us either. <laughs> so hey, if I gotta if I gotta roll up. So if I were to say Garoppolo and Kirk in a trade for something, you know I'm going to get something good out of that. Yeah. So yeah, you probably will, and yeah. that's okay. I'm sure the conversation will be happening. It's going to oh, yeah. happen. And I mean, it's just my favorite player who I just bought two of his jerseys. Yeah, totally. Jimmy Garoppolo, savior of the world. But anyway, you freaking jerk. That's very, very smart. So I need to be smart and not <laughs> give in to the Get dark horse that it. is Austin. Oh, yes. Uh, hey, like I said, I, I, I call it I learn from the best. I mean, I learn from the professor and I learn, I learn from the engineer. So, I mean, hey. I can't go wrong, right? But like I said, my team's not done. I gotta, I gotta finish my team. So y'all keep talking about these tight ends. <laughs> you know, you keep talking. I feel pretty confident grabbing Kyle Rudolph there at eighty-six. You know, the nine point six. I thought that was a great pick there. And then I added to the long term. I grabbed, I grabbed, I grabbed Shepard. Um, I'm still concerned. You know, if if Dez doesn't end up in in Giants territory, I think I got a great steal there getting Shepard at the 93 pick and then yes i reached i was like okay i got all my depth i'm gonna go and grab kirk so i ended up grabbing kirk early because i knew coming around into the 11th i saw that john and steven were coming up and i know that they need they don't have any long-term depth on their team right now so i would make sure i stole that my next pick i figured hey i'm a homer you guys know i'm a patriots fan so i ended up grabbing edelman you know, I, I think he's going to come out. You guys keep saying, hey, these guys recover from injuries and they end up better. So I'm going to take your word for it. Um, and I then, think the fact that they didn't draft a wide receiver until late lets you know how they feel about right. their receiving core. Uh, right. They traded away their primetime guy in Brandon Cooks and then didn't address the position. So um, they're happy with somebody, whether that's Edelman or uh, who knows. Um, it's, a, it's a good spot for him. 
right? And then, you know, we're we're only up in round 15, but I ended up taking Jacecki last round. Um, I figured, like I said, I already have Kyle Rudolph, so I wanted something long-term. And I know I have a lot of Miami fans in the league, so I figure I can play on their emotions. And I really think uh, Jacecki is going to be the starting tight end. And from what I've heard and read, that he is actually money when it comes to to uh, tight end opportunities there in Miami. And then I closed out. I closed out this last one, you know. And I know I I got my fifteen. I'm not up again until like sixteen nine, I think it is, and it's a little rough. But I grabbed Rosen because I already have Garoppolo, and I know everyone's. And it was rough. I'm telling you right now, it was rough not to take the Lamar Jackson. Um, but the only thing that scared me was the dual threat. Um, we all know that running running quarterbacks get injured outside of Wilson um, more frequently. So I ended up taking Rosen. A lot of analysts are high in Rosen. So I figured that was a good pick right there. So I leave it up to you guys to tell me how well I've done. Good. You've done great, man. And the thing that I'll say that you did better than most people is you thought about your picks. Uh, nowhere did you just say, well, this guy was the highest ranked guy, so I just got him. It was, again, things that NFL GMs don't do going back to earlier. I compare this guy with this guy. Um, I know there's San Francisco fans in this league, so I'm going to get this guy, and he's young, and he's on an offense that throws a lot. And again, I, I think your quarterback, Josh Rosen, will be the first of all of the first-round quarterbacks taken to play. He'll be the first one to start. You mean tell me Sam Bradford's going to stay healthy for more than one game in the NFC West behind a terrible offensive line? I don't think so. I think the Jets, I think that kid's going to be the first one to play. Ah, oh, Darnold. You, you want to eat that? You let me know, brother. Yeah. Right. You know what, though? I, I, I do like your team, though, because you, know, you, you can definitely tell that you thought a lot of stuff through. Um, you know, you probably even had, you know, going into each pick, probably three to five guys on your board. I know I always do when I lead into that. <clears throat> I'd say the the only the only one that I question, and the guy is a good talent, and you might as well get what you can out of him for a couple of years and then move him while his value is high, and that's going to be Royce Freeman. And the only reason why I say that is because he's not a very solid receiving running back, and he had over a 1,000 carries during his time in Oregon. So he has a lot of miles on him. So get a couple years out of him and sell him while he's high. Yeah. I've, so when I did my research on the running backs, if you look at my running backs, so once again, I ended up with, um, hold on, let me let me get my team pulled up again, just on my team. So you figure I got Ingram, Mixon, Barkley, Jones, Freeman. So what I did was I made sure I had three passing running backs and I tried to make sure I get three uh, north-south running backs. Um, that was my thought press going into running backs because, like you said, the north-south guys are going to get injured more frequently, but we know the lightning in the bottle is your pass-catching running back. And if you have too many of the pass-catching running backs, you don't really get those points week to week. So I kind of like – I wanted something to back them up. So that was my thought process going into that pick. So, And it's not a bad thought process. I mean, you definitely have – a lot of good value, you have a lot of good depth, and you have players that are going to perform. So I don't think you've done bad at all. Your team's pretty solid. Yeah. So is there any teams out there that you don't like right now, <laughs> John? Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, there are. Um, <laughs> do we want to say their team names? Like, let's just put them on no. blast? Yeah, well, uh, I don't know. We, we're not there yet. I mean, we can do it week to week when we, we show points. But I'll tell you right this. Now, if you – do not target the running back position. You in trouble, fam. Like, 
you've got to have running backs because one, they get injured. Um, you've got to have running backs at some point. And if you draft an entire team without one featured running back that is not a just a third down back, your volume is so restricted. So if you have four <laughs> change of pace backs as your running back committee, sorry, five, um, you're going to be in trouble. I don't care who your receivers or quarterback are. you got to get a featured running back at some point. So I think the team that sticks out to me the most was the one that traded up to get the most picks in the first round. Um, I think, yeah, he had three. But then he didn't have another pick until the fourth, end of the fourth. Um, and he didn't have a pick to the end of the sixth. And didn't have a pick until the middle of the eighth. And that's the team. Like I said, he's hey, he's got my, he's got Gurley, he's got Hopkins, he's got David Johnson. I got you. Those guys will carry a team like no one's business. But but then you're talking like when you talk about depth and trying to put, you know, be an architect. I, I guess I can call myself. Hey, when I start getting good at, it, I'll be the architect. I got the engineer. We got the professor. So Austin, you know, with our architect. powers combined. Hey, there we go. There you go. Um. So when, that was my. He's, he's the DA Dynasty architect. There you go, so. <laughs> DA. <laughs> but uh, Stephen, which team uh, calls out to you as like needs a little love? That needs a little love, huh? Yep. Well, if I had the song, I played the drop. Ah, uh, well, I would say, just scrolling through here right now, um, the guy who started out with the last pick of the first round, bastard. So his team consists of no, not yours. That's oh. why I said started out with it. Oh, okay. You know, you know he, yeah, great. He has Aaron Rodgers. Um, yeah, great. He has Michael Thomas and Stephon Diggs. He was able to draft Ridley, but then, you know, going back to change of pace backs: Dion Lewis, Duke Johnson, Tevin Coleman. Marlon Mack, Rex Burkhead, Clement, Edmonds, who's a rookie, right? Yeah. And then, you know, you're looking at Des Bryant, who's not even on a team at the moment, who knows where he's going to land. Dante Moncrief and that slew of wide receivers over there that doesn't even have a quarterback. Hey, Brissett's uh, money. Coleman. I like Brissett. No, Moncrief's in Jacksonville. Oh, yeah, shit. Please. Right, my bad. <laughs> right. So... And then Corey Coleman, who can't stay on the field. But then again, he does have Travis Kelsey, which is cool. And then Jordan Reed, who, you know, is always uh, a good breeze in the wind from a concussion. So, you know, there's just, yeah, I don't know. He's got some good players, but definitely needs some help from the depth spot. In case you didn't notice, uh, we both talked about the same team. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> but um, and, and the thing is, like, he has names. He has the best tight end, and he has the best quarterback. But those positions are not valued in this format. If it was super flexed with the tight end premium, hats off, man. You are dominating. But we have nine starters between running backs, wide receivers, and you can start tight ends. But, I mean, he is going to be hurting. Um, there, there's a big chasm there. Uh, hopefully Aaron Rodgers can carry him to some wins. But... Man, I don't know. We'll see what happens. He'll probably he'll probably beat me and finish on top of me. But I do have this team's first round pick for next year, so I am definitely biased. <laughs> hey, I gotta call out one more team, and you guys can look at his team real quick. 
but I'm going to call him Mr. Autodraft. And basically, ah. I went through and I was watching this, you know, because I'm intrigued. You know, I'm always learning, you know, if I'm doing something wrong or if I'm doing something right. And I watched this. I watched this individual's pick. But if you go on like multiple sites, this individual pretty much drafted by ADP. So that's why I'm calling him Mr. Autodraft. So we could we could have got the same information from someone not showing up and drafting basically. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. It's a good team. Not bad. I mean, I see only like one reach. Uh, and this individual did trade me three picks for, I think, in the or two picks in the 10th or three picks in the 10th. Um, just yeah, for, that later trade, which was a good trade. Yeah, for, for Nick Chubb. So, hey, one thing I got to, like I said, I've learned so much. And I don't know, trading, I, hey, if if you're going to trade up, it should cost you two picks two rounds later. I mean, that's, I don't know, that's my thought process. You know, I, I wish I would have done it in the first couple rounds. I would have kept up there with with you, uh, the professor, you know, having four picks in the second round. So and You even traded one of those back, too, I think. I, I traded two back. So I traded. Yeah, I no, traded two of them back no, John's because I oh, got in really? the spot where it was. Um, it was the yeah. pick fifteen, and so I had pick fifteen, pick seventeen, pick twenty. I think it was, and it came up, and I was like, "Holy cow! There's there's four guys I really want," and so I dropped back two spots, picked up one, and I was scared I wasn't going to get one at twenty, and so then I packaged that pick that uh, I got for dropping back to from fifteen to seventeen or sixteen, whatever packaged that with the 20 pick and jumped up into 19 so that I could guarantee that I got four of that tier that I was talking about earlier. Um, and it worked out great for me because I got four kind of top notch guys and uh, Christian McCaffrey, Leonard Fournette, Keenan Allen, who I'm really high on and Julio Jones. So I've got two of, uh, I've got four of my nine starters solidified before we got out of the second round, which I was pretty pumped about. I think McCaffrey and Kamara are going to be freaking just amazing PPR oh, values. I do too. Stand, standard league, no. PPR, yes. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I think you're right, man. That's well said. And that's, I don't think that Kamara's going to do what he did last year, but he doesn't have to to be insane value that you got at, what, pick 12? Yeah, and the biggest thing that intrigued me about him, though, too, is that um, being at pick 12, but... Ingram is already or will be 29. So, and he's got a lot of miles on him over the last couple of years, and he's the punisher in that backfield. Even if you go back to his college days. Exactly. So it's going to be Kamara's show real soon here. I think they'll bring in a bruiser again. I mean, like I said, I I picked Ingram thinking I have two years with him there in New Orleans. So... And I mean, that's I know the thing. You need to think three years and win now. Win now should be everybody's first priority. Never go into a startup draft saying, oh, I'm going to be great in two to three years from now. If that's your idea, like, man, no. You you just, you miss I it. I don't think win. I think making the playoffs. Yeah, and that's the thing. You want to assure your chances spot because once you get in the playoffs, it's a wash. Um, you look at what if you didn't have Todd Gurley on your team last year, you probably didn't win a championship. You probably got probably the playoffs, um, but you didn't win. So I was in six leagues last year, and I didn't have Gurley. I made it to the championship in five out of six, and I won one. And I played against Todd Gurley in all five of my championships, and I won one. 
that guy and that last unreal. week he went nuts for like 50 or well, 60 hey, points dude that was oh i think it was week 16 is when i pulled in 10k off that tournament was because yeah. of todd Gurley. so that guy man he made some yeah. money for some people he had like three or four he had four touchdowns that week yeah. mm-hmm. hey so we're we're reaching around an hour i still would like to do a quick mock draft um for our listeners out there that are getting ready to do either you know their startup um, there's plenty, in my opinion, there's, there's a lot of rookie ones. How do you guys want to run through real quick with a mock of, uh, I don't know, 24 picks of a startup. Yeah. Let's, let's fly. Let's fly. Okay. I think we can. So right now we're going to start with, we're going to go John, myself and Steve, and we're just going to go through and take our guys. I mean, hey, I'm all about talking, like I said, so, but Hey, you know, well, I was just gonna say if we're if we're gonna fly through this, since you always give John and I so much shit about being long winded. <laughs> hey, I don't mind. Hey, just, I don't mind it. Like I said, this ain't nothing to me. I was just gonna say that let's just let's just jump into it and yeah. and do it. We'll just go names. Go for yeah. it. And so again, this isn't a uh, mo- well. We're not building teams. It's more of like a ranking summit. Who we would take at this position with who's available. Number one, I'm going Odell Beckham. Um, absolutely love this guy. Young. Yeah, he's the guy. Odell Beckham. So when I first started out before the draft, uh, my first pick would be Zeke. But knowing that they don't have a core of wide receivers that I'm confident in, they just lost Witten today, um, I'm going Gurley. Yeah, I, you know, seeing you guys take them, and I've, I spoke my mind last pod about Zeke, so I'm taking him at three. Solid pick. Just eat. Yeah, especially at three. I want to move Zeke up to my number one so bad. I just wish he caught passes. He does. Oh, he will. He does. Yeah. He will. Um. Uh. Number four. I'm going. Stay with receiver. There's a threat. There's a trend here. DeAndre Hopkins at fourth overall. Young with an amazing quarterback. I. I have no problem taking him one overall. So DeAndre Hopkins, uh, number four for me. So I'm moving David Johnson up above Bell right now, only because I liked how the how Arizona beefed up their offensive line. I really think that's going to help. Uh, David Johnson. Uh, I know the quarterback scares everyone, but I got faith that anyone that throws to him, he'll be able to catch it and take off with it. At six, I'm going A.B., especially with the recent news that uh, Roethlisberger plans on sticking around another three to five years. So, I'm going bullshit. I mean, uh, me too. Well, hey, whatever. A.B. is A.B., so I don't trust. I'm taking him there. I don't trust about Roethlisberger. One is his word, and two is being around him in a bathroom stall. <laughs> oh, come on. You would be happy to run into him there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway okay uh number seven <laughs> number seven uh rape jokes are probably not welcome on this podcast but we're doing it anyway <laughs> number seven i'm taking kareem hunt uh the leading rusher from last year man i love this kid i wish i could have got him on our draft but dale took him the son of a anyway number seven kareem hunt so, so you took k hunt the cunt yep so k hunt yep k hunt Hey, so I'm taking the first rookie. I'm going to take Saquon Barkley. He's moving up. By I tell you what, by the time uh, redrafts happen, I bet he's up uh, somewhere around David Johnson area. So I'm taking Saquon up there. I'm taking Keenan. I've always been a big Keenan Allen fan, and he he's just – dude, the guy's just going to see so many freaking targets. He's going to see a ton of volume. It's hard to pass on him at nine. I am going to take – Michael Thomas, and and real quick, uh, I'm going to pause. Sorry, Austin. I have Keenan Allen ranked as high as you do in the top 10. I didn't take him until pick 17 in our draft, and I took two guys that were ranked lower than him than in my rankings because of the tiers that were left. 
There were only a few running backs left at this point in our draft when I was picking first. And so I went running back. I went Leonard Fournette over Keenan Allen because Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, Julio Jones were all available. And I knew that one or two of those guys would fall to me at my next pick. And I knew there would be no other uh, stud running back that would fall. So even though we do these rankings, you got to understand you don't take them in a box. You tier things and you look at if I take this guy here, is there a possibility I can get what I want at this next level? So you always are, you have to be flexible with this stuff. All right. And so my next pick, I'm going to take Mike Evans. So not a lot to talk about. I think as long as they do well, keep protecting Winston. I think he's still a top tier wide receiver or a tier two wide receiver. So at 12, I'm taking Dalvin. I mean, I think he's, he's, he's been doing well with his recovery. We saw, I saw all I needed to see out of him uh, before he went down at ACL this year. Um, I, t- I took him in that draft. I did pick up uh, Lat Murray later on just in case something happened, but I think he's going to be fine, and he's a legit top 12 pick. Very good. Uh, I'm taking Le'Veon Bell, which I'm not very high on him, but the fact that he fell this far, um, I, I, I'm not a big fan. I have him in two dynasty leagues, and I am selling, selling, selling. I am trying my hardest to package him with something else for a top three asset. Uh, but at 13, holy cow, you take them and you just be happy for two years. For sure. So I'm going to take Kamara here. Uh, you know, like I agree with Steven in the next two years, it's going to be his, his backfield. I'm I, I bet you he goes higher than where we just took him. So. And then at 15, I'm taking Fournette. I mean, Jerk face. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how well Fournette's going to do uh, as far as PPR goes, but he sees a ton of volume and he will get a lot of touchdowns. So regardless of his format, he's going to be successful, and I'm happy with him at 15. Yeah, 16, I'm going Devontae Adams, young freaking 25-year-old wide receiver that loves score touchdowns with Aaron Rodgers. Holy cow, the sky is the limit for that guy. Get him in every league you can. All right, the next guy I'm taking since I'm a running back guy, I'm going to take Melvin Gordon. I mean, there's nothing else to say as long as he stays healthy and that back and that offensive line is nice. He's gonna be money. And then at 18, I'm going AJ Green. I mean, having him fall here, he's still the only wide receiver there. He's still the only receiving option. Period. So AJ Green all day. Yep. And I'm going 19 Julio Jones, which is exactly what I did in our draft at pick 19. I got Julio Jones, and he falls again. Man, I. I'm not the biggest Julio fan because he's so inconsistent, but year in and year out, he's a top three wide receiver talent-wise, production-wise. He just never gets in the end zone, and he's going to lay two eggs a season. You just, But he's also going to win you two games a season by himself. So Julio Jones at 19. So the next kid I'm taking, he's 23. I still think he has a lot to produce. I'm going to take Amari Cooper here. Um, I think this is day, uh, Carr's rebound season, so... Um, I feel pretty uh, pretty safe taking Amari Cooper around this t- this area. So, okay, yeah, right here at twenty one, I'm taking CMC, and John's telling me to basically go fuck myself <laughs> as I'm saying this. But <laughs> sitting sitting there at twenty one with the receivers and running backs I already have, I'm adding CMC to that. 
All right, I am going for a stud running back that is young, only 24 years old, back-to-back 1,000 years. Nobody knows who he is. Everybody discounts him. Jordan Howard. Chicago. Man, I, I don't understand the hate, but I'm going Jordan Howard. I don't either. I love Jordan Howard. I don't I don't know if I, I love him. It's just worried I that, do. you know, this could be t- uh, Cohen's year. I mean, you know, I don't want to jump on a tangent, but, you know, you, you ugh, it's scary. If you look at what Nagy did, though, whenever he was with Kansas City, you put out your your stud Kareem Hunt on first and second down, and you have a third down back. It, there's no reason that they are mutually exclusive. I do not think that uh, Jordan Howard's going to lead the league in rushing or touchdowns, but you're talking about a guy that is almost a lock to be a top 15 fantasy running back, and he is young, and that offensive line got a lot better. Uh, they got one of my draft crushes, uh, the James Daniels out of Iowa, man, I love that offensive line. Top five offensive line, young talent, good signal play caller. Holy cow, love it! I just love the fact that they could throw Cohen out in the slot if they need to. I'm excited about him this year. Yeah. So the last kid I'm taking, 21 year old out of uh, oh man, I cannot believe I'm taking another Ohio kid, but uh, I'm gonna do like I did in the draft. I'm gonna take Joe Mixon here. Uh, I. You know, I'm very confident behind that offensive line. I know the Red Rocket sucks when it comes to throwing to his uh, running backs, but uh, you never know. He, hey, this could be the year. But uh, I think with Cincinnati moving out, I can't remember who they got rid of, but Joe Mixon I think is going to own this backfield. I know Geo's back there, but, hey, this is Joe Mixon's year or a hey, boomer bust, right? Yeah, I know. I agree with that. But I'm going to sit here at four and – Happily takes Stephon Diggs. Love the guy. He's young. He's just physical receiver. Great hands. Great route runner. Loves catch touchdowns. So and pair him up with Cousins. I don't know. I love it. I love Stephon Diggs. Yeah. If he stays healthy, watch out. If he stays healthy, watch out. For sure. Out. Hey, so fellas, let's uh let's close out this pod. I just want to let you guys know that Dale is still on the uh it's his still his pick. So I'm just giving you guys a heads up. So I don't know how many hours it's been, but you know I know it was a twenty-four hour TikTok. But damn, it was ten fifty-four Pacific Coast time. Right. Dale's been taking a fucking beating, but he is on vacation with, his family, vacation with his family in Disney with his Fuck daughter. You, Mickey Mouse. Only like We're two playing years fantasy old. football. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Screw you and all your different fantasy lands. This is fantasy football. Freaking move aside and let him pick a damn pick. That's all I'm saying. Fucking priorities dale damn it <laughs> so listeners you know like i said we just knocked out the first 24 picks if you want to learn anything from the professor the engineer and the architect hey hit us up um they'll drop your their twitters and instagrams here real quick for you so steven any last thoughts for the listeners just get get ready man season's around the corner you know if you haven't been doing your research do it we're on here all the time you know, there, there are other pod episodes where we're covering all grounds of fantasy football. So start doing your research, you know, whether you're a rookie or startup or re- redraft. It doesn't matter what it is. Just start doing it. We're out here every week. And you guys can always follow me on Twitter at SPAC21. That's S-S-P-A-C-2-1. And then, as always, I'm running the Instagram page for ESF, so you can find me on there. I'm always conversing with the listeners. Yeah, and, and I'll say this. Um, <laughs> during the fantasy draft season, it's fun because uh, if you have questions about your draft, take a snapshot of who's available, send me your roster in the big board, 
in my DMs, and I'll talk you through it. Uh, last year, I went back and counted over 120 different people I helped with their fantasy drafts just to help. Like, we do this because we love it. And so reach out to me on Twitter, JL underscore Chapman, JL underscore C-H-A-P-M-A-N. And just, again, take a screenshot of what's available. What should I be looking for? What are the weaknesses? We are here for you guys. Eat Sleep Fantasy, it's a different organization because it's we believe in the experience. Uh, we are not in it to get super rich, even though that's going to happen hopefully. Probably not. That's okay. Um, <laughs> we are here because we love this. And so reach out to us, and uh, we, we just want to make you win your drafts. And we want you to have fun while you're doing this. And don't forget – Fantasy, you can make money, you can do all that stuff, you win championships. Have fun and enjoy the process. Don't be a dick, and uh, yeah, have a good time. That's right, don't be a dick. Hey, another thing too is, hey, don't forget about NFFC coming up in Dallas, 13th through 15th July. Use promo code ESF. Um, Hey, and don't also forget, if you want direct access to us, it costs $5. And I know... You're like, you know, that's a Starbucks cup of coffee and stuff like that. But, hey, send us $5 on the ESF website. And, hey, don't be surprised if, you know, it looks a little different next week. You know, all hoping. Um, but, hey, $5 gets you in the Facebook page. Um, and we we, we we answers questions within, like, minutes. So, just like John said, take a picture, send it up. Hey, who, who do you want to help you and stuff like that. And everyone... Hey, you'd be surprised how quick the answers come and it'll make you feel better about your pick and what your decision process is. As always, you can follow me at Austin, um, A-U-S-T-N, because someone stole the I, 3-7. Uh, the 3-7 is a, a military lingo for all my little uh, my military brothers and sisters out there. So Austin, 3-7 on Twitter. It's pretty easy. Don't forget, it's without the I. And I think that's it. So... On behalf of John, Stephen, and myself, y'all have a good night and enjoy your dynasty and redraft, and y'all be easy. Yeah, eat, sleep, fantasy, you rocking with the best. NFL Fantasy Football Podcast, we talking mock drafts, running backs, better follow the conversation with Dale, Christian, and Armando, screaming Eat Nation, we doing what we like, tune in every week, guarantee we get it hype, fantasy, football enthusiasts, I know you plan to be joining us on Eat Sleep Fantasy, yeah, Eat Sleep Fantasy, Uh Eat Sleep Fantasy.